And now open your ears for a very brief reading from the book of Job. But ask the animals, and they will teach you. The birds of the air, and they will tell you. Ask the plants of the earth, and they will teach you. And the fish of the sea will declare to you. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, and for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Before I begin interviewing Sherry Listgarten, for those of you who weren't here at the very beginning, Sherry is a local uh, blogger and columnist uh, focused on ecological issues and earth care. So it's just wonderful that we have you here. But I do want to say something Christian here. The <laughs> earth care is definitely Christian. But I, I, there are a couple of people that I want to call to your attention, and one of them is a a theologian and Episcopal priest, Kelly Brown Douglas, who said, the environmental movement is resurrection. And this is a season when we celebrate resurrection. It is life out of death, new possibility out of pain and destruction, trusting in a loving God and God's loving presence in a resilient earth. Um, so, Having said that, having sort of contextualized this, um, many of the people here in the church are people of faith and also people of science. A lot of tech industry people here, highly educated people. And we see that those two things are not in conflict with each other at all. Um, but. Uh, like many of us, you woke up one day and realized that something had to be done. Yeah. Something, we needed a new focus. Um, and you said in your writing to me that you woke up one day and realized that you had to stop avoiding the news about environmental destruction and, and climate change and do something about it. So um, I'm so very grateful that you did because I, I've followed your articles and, and your blog for a long time now and I'm, I'm really, uh, really thrilled that you're a resource for our community. Here at Ballet, for those of you who maybe are not quite tuned in, we now have an earth care team. We've actually had it for over a year. And they, there are 20 people working diligently to gather resources and information. Uh, the three A's, Anita Wotees, Alice Chang, and Ann Haddon Cornelius have created web pages on our website that you can go to for resources on how to do just about anything. Small things that you can do to make a difference, larger things that you can do to make a difference. Um, and I really invite you all to, to check out those web pages. Um, so as a community, we are an earth care congregation. We've qualified, we've done all of the work that's necessary under the leadership of Bob Barrett to qualify to become a Presbyterian church earth care uh, congregation. And uh, so we, we all need to be really pleased with that and, um, and take it on individually as well. So, Sherry. 
Tell us how you got started on this. I know you woke up one day and yeah. realized you couldn't avoid this anymore. But so first, I, I want to say something. Thank you for having me here. It's nice to get out from behind the keyboard. <laughs> and um, I think that sometimes the the spiritual and the social aspects of this are ignored because of the science. And these parts are so important. They're fundamental. You know, so it's fantastic that your church is doing this, and I'm very happy to be here to talk. Um, Okay, so how did I get started? You know, so right, so I was ignoring climate change for a long time. I was busy and it was a pile of bad news, you know, that I couldn't do anything about. I just, I didn't want to deal with it. And then at some point I thought I wasn't being a responsible citizen. You know, I was working very hard to have to ignore all of this and I needed to start paying attention. So I set aside a few days and I sort of gritted my teeth and I said, I'm gonna learn about it, you know? And I came out and I said, you yeah, know, it's not that bad. There's a lot of, interesting stuff going on. There's a lot of things we can do. And I thought, wow, you know, I, I want to tell my neighbors about this. Okay, so this is a little embarrassing, but I live in an Eichler community and we have a, a small clubhouse. And so I sent out an invitation to everybody and said, I'm going to do a little talk on climate change when you like to come. And uh, I made this presentation, like 70 slides. I mean, I put so much work into this thing. And I was so interested. Maybe 10 people came, including my parents, right? So, so <laughs> But it was interesting, and I learned a lot, and um, one of the people who came was an actual climate scientist, you know, and so that was great that she could come and she could correct some of my mistakes, and um, we got to talking, and we were talking about other things we could do. She was building an app to help nudge people into more sustainable lifestyles. And so I said, you know, we should be talking about this more. You know, I think Bob was saying this also. One of the things that was really bothering me is we weren't talking about it, so it didn't seem real. So there was no point in doing anything about it. You know, I really thought there needed to be a local conversation in the community among your friends. And so I sent a note to the, to the newspaper. I said, you guys need to have a column on climate change. And they would say, I didn't hear back, right? And so a month later, I said, you guys, you really need to have a column on climate change. And they could talk about these kinds of things. And they sent back, you mean a blog, not a column. I said, whatever, you know, and they said, well, the, you need to be an expert. I said, I can find you one. Anyway, I ended up doing it and I was panicked, right? Because I wasn't qualified, but so there, that's how I started. <laughs> Pretty random. Well, I think like all really wonderful things it can start from not knowing, yeah. right? And yeah. just being intent on knowing and learning and growing into the role and becoming yeah. an expert. Yeah, so it just takes a little courage, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I, I think for a lot of people, it, the news is so overwhelming that they want to turn it off. Yeah. How do you deal with, how do you cope with the daily? Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you stay focused? Yeah. And so <laughs> there's a lot of good news out there. And amazing, amazing things going on in technology and science, things like this, you know, there's terrific stuff. And so, you know, focus on the positive and, and get in there. You don't have to watch about all the animals that are dying, you know, you can read the headline if you want to read it, it's okay. You know, and I think something that's really important that we all, 
you know, focus on what you can control. You know, don't worry about all the things that aren't in, in your control. Focus on the things that you can control and the people who are doing things that you really resonate with. And it's, it's, it's honestly, it's inspiring. The amount of change and the things that people are doing it's every day. Like this is so impressive. So I, I really think there's terrific stuff out there and don't want to read about all of the animals that are dying. Don't, you know, don't. It's fine, yeah. I think. My approach. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess in my um, faith and in my approach to life, it's looking at this this is an opportunity, that every yeah. bit of bad news is an opportunity yes. for me to ask myself, what what's one thing I can do? What's one thing I can do? Is there anything that I can do here? Yes. And to focus on what I can do. So I love that, what you can control, what you can do. And speaking of one thing, if you had one action that you would recommend to people, or maybe several, but start yeah, with what's the most important thing people can do? Okay, so my answer is horrible, it depends. But I, I will say one thing I think that people overlook is where do they have influence? You know, where, so for example, if you're a parent and you're raising young kids, maybe the biggest thing you can do is raise them as citizens of the future. You know, with a plant-centric diet, with you know, biking and carpooling, with being careful of your purchases, repairing things, not just buying a new one. Um, so maybe that's where you have influence. If you're at work, maybe it's sort of speaking up about the food that they're serving or the trips that people are taking. Um, if you're a young adult, Consider a trade, an electrician, HVAC person, huge, huge amounts of influence. So I think one thing people could think about is, you know, where do I have influence? And thinking about making a change in that area. Mm -hmm. But I would also say, you know, I think people need to be a little bit easier on themselves. It's, it's, it can be overwhelming if you think about it too much. Pick one thing. You know, if you do your carbon footprint, or just in our area, it's a lot of transportation, it's a lot of consumption, it's wasting food, high altitude flights. You know, just pick, pick one thing that's easy, relatively easy for you. It doesn't matter. It's no, no shame in picking something easy, right? Pick that, do it, feel it stick, and then pick another thing. I think that's a terrific way to go, and you'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love yeah. that. I love yeah. that. I, I think around here we would uh, speak of it as loving ourselves into the change, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And loving other people into the change, yeah. and focusing on who is um, who is working at it, yeah. and acknowledging them, and staying focused on them, and inviting other people to love themselves into yes, into yes, something, yes, yes. into something. I know that when we got started with the Earth Care team, I went on a tear, and I just took all of my cleaning products and got rid of them and went and went to Blue Land and all the different sites and ordered stuff that I could do um, that was biodegradable and non-toxic and I, these products are just as wonderful as any of the horrible chemicals that they sell and they work so well and every time I do a load of laundry I think wow I'm not killing anything with my laundry <laughs> and, and also um, I, I hung up a a clothesline. It's not pretty, but, but it's a clothesline. And on beautiful days like today, I dry my laundry and it's wonderful. I use the dryer a little bit, but just simple, just a few simple things. So, um, I mean, one of the things I will also say, right, I'm this climate blogger, 
And I do lots of things that aren't climate friendly. Sometimes I'll buy a plastic box of lettuce or whatever, and my mom is looking at me like, really? You know, and don't worry. You know, we, it's too much. You know, we're in this culture that is a certain way and we're trying to change. So again, it's don't be, just, it's fine, it's fine. Pick one thing, work on that. Pick another thing, work on that, it's fine. And yeah, it's, it's a lot of change and it's difficult, right? Mm -hmm. You know, some things are easy, yeah. but some things are difficult and take it one thing at a time, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I'm gonna also invite people to not say that, that it's difficult. <laughs> because it's declaring uh, a non-possibility and I'm gonna invite us to hold it as possible and that it just takes some work and some practice, new practices, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, it's, just... it's difficult like anything. It's difficult to, you know, the first week I didn't eat beef. I was like, I need a hamburger, you know? <laughs> and now I don't even think about it. Now the idea of a hamburger is a little gross. You know, so it, it, it becomes very easy, but sometimes that first week, yeah. you know? Yeah, it can be a hump to get over. Yeah, I, I don't hang my laundry. You know, that would be a... Take, that would take some practice. Well, some people need yards and places to do that, yeah. and they don't have it, or they don't have two trees like I do yeah. that are a de decent distance, and I can hang some rope between. So, um, so what's? I had lots of excuses before I got uh, more earth conscious, and what's you? Mu and you must get a lot of feedback from people to your blog and your column. But yeah. what's the the biggest complaint that people have about not being able to do it, or the? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. How much time do we have? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so first of all, I have, again, I have a lot of empathy for people who struggle to get started. You know, I, I get it and I understand it. And sometimes these excuses are real and sometimes these excuses are just like a rationalization a little bit. It's fine, you know, so, but one of the things that I hear a lot is it won't make any difference. I hear this all the, all the time. It won't make any difference. Uh, you know, China this, India this, you know, or, or United States, you know, I, I, so yes and no. If that applies to everything, we would never get, get up out of bed in the morning, right? It's not like anything we do makes a difference in the grand scheme of things, but everything makes a profound difference that we do. And you can, again, you can influence other people. And if your metric is how much difference does it make, this is the best time to be doing things because you're not forced to do things. So for example, if you electrify your house now or you electrify your house when you have to, it makes 10 times of a bigger difference now because you're starting the market, you're, you're making a choice, you're sending a signal to all of the politicians and all of the repair people and all of these things that this is an area that's growing. So um, that's the biggest one that I hear is it won't make a difference. I also hear, it's too expensive. I hear there's not enough electricity. I can talk about all of these if you want. It depends how much time you have. <laughs> well, you can keep going because yeah. I'm sure everybody's got those thoughts in their heads. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, <laughs> I have them. so, so, and you can ask me these. These are the common ones. But if you have another, a favorite. Uh -huh. So, as far as it's expensive, you know, I I also understand that sometimes in America it seems like the answer to any problem is to buy something. Yeah. Right. Um, so you want to fix climate change, you need to buy a heat pump, you need to buy, 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 buy. And yes and no. Um, there are lots of parts of this that are simply about reducing consumption, right? Reusing things, not buying new things, not wasting food. We're saving money, flying less. You know, um, um, a plant-centric diet is much cheaper than, than buying all the beef. So um, 
Some of it is about changing habits. You know, you can take, you can still spend a lot of money if you want on your vacation, but go overseas half as often and stay there twice as long. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's changes, or you can spend money if you want. You know, an EV sort of costs money, sort of doesn't. It depends on the time frame. Um, makes a huge difference. So it, I don't think that money needs to be an object. It absolutely doesn't need to be an object. Some of the lowest admission lifestyles are some of the least expensive. You may then wonder, what do I do with my money? You know, lots of places to give it to help people adapt. Um, electricity comes up, but we don't have enough land. We don't have enough electricity. We don't have enough. And I will say the state, we are extremely fortunate, darling, to live in California where they are just knocking it out of the park in terms of getting us clean electricity you know, at the right times of day. So I think that the state will do well. Um, we can all help by shifting our use to the middle of the day, but um, I think there are plenty of resources. What's, what we need is the political will, and this is where you guys all come in, and this event is so important. So I, I, I think there's tremendous amounts of hope, and we could, we would be halfway there tomorrow, you know, if people really believed in this and started acting, aligning their actions with their priorities, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, when you started in on this journey, what was the most startling thing? I don't know that I gave you that as a question yeah. to prepare for, but yeah. was there something that really surprised you to, to learn? Um, you know, I think it was interesting, the impact of food. You know, I know that that's a, a theme of this, but it is mind-blowing. Something like 40% of the land in the continental United States is used for raising or feeding cattle. It's, oh, yeah. it's nuts. And water 40%. as well. 40%. Yeah, and, and it consumes an enormous amount of water. I had no idea. You know, so one of the first things I did, which was it's totally easy for me after a little while, but stop, just stop eating beef, you know, and that was very easy. Going, moving away from dairy is harder, but recently I tried oat milk and it's fine. <laughs> it tastes, it's fine, you know, so, so um, that was a, a real surprise to me, the impact of cattle, yeah. yeah. And we're a little bit unique in that way in America. I think Brazil is similar, but, you know, a lot of places eat far less meat than we do. Mm -hmm beef especially, it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I, I remember starting in on this journey, I had a friend who would say, meat should be a condiment, meat should be a yeah, condiment, yeah, meat should yeah. be a condiment, yeah. constantly harping at me, and, yeah, and I finally yeah. got it, oh yeah, yeah, or not at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, well, before we wrap up, um, and gosh, I think I might have asked you this at the beginning, but I'm a, a, an aging person of very little brain sometimes. Uh, we, here at Valley, we are people of faith, and so it's our faith in, uh, in God and in, in Jesus and in the message that is in the Bible that we are to love one another. And that means loving the earth and loving the least of us, right? the people who most desperately need the love. And one way we can do that is to reduce what we consume so that there is uh, more for others and to reduce our impact so that people can breathe, people of little means can breathe fresh air and have clean water. Um, 
So we have our faith to inspire us. <laughs> in addition to looking at the hopeful things, is there something, anything else that you do that keeps you like you wake up in the morning and go, oh God, the war in Ukraine and all of the environmental destruction that's being done and the effect of that on the atmosphere. I have to say, I've been, I sort of have a constant pit in my stomach about that, but what do you do to? I mean, I think it's not optional. Yeah. You know, I think it's not optional that we save the planet and keep mm -hmm. it habitable. And so uh, there's so much going on. So for me, I, I can always find something I want to learn about or something I want to say or something, a story to share. Mm -hmm. um, I, again, I think you have to focus on the positive and all the good things that are happening and you know, look at your kids and say, what kind of a world do I want them to grow up in or your grandkids, you know, and, and what can I do to help? What can I make it so they don't have to change as much as we're having to change? And, right. And, um, and it's not hard, you know, to your point. Like, it seems like it's hard sometimes, and once you do it, it's not hard. you like, why did I even think this was hard? Well, it's like being five years old and learning to ride a two-wheel bike. Yeah. It just seems yeah. like impossible, but then yeah. you just get on the bike and you fall and you get on and you fall and you get on and you fall and pretty soon you're riding the bike. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it's, I think all of that stuff helps yeah. and uh, it matters. I mean, I have no doubt in my mind that what we all do matters yeah and we can all make a difference yeah yeah the other thing that i learned and this was early on in our earth care meeting conversations uh, someone said someone asked the question what can one person do and i don't know who the environmentalist is that said don't be one person yeah and just imagine that you're one of many people who are intent on um, shifting your lifestyle even just a little bit and part of a group effort to, to make a huge difference. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I'm sure that there are lots of questions that you all have for Sherry that I haven't asked. I'm getting somebody waving their hand. I'm gonna invite people to ask outside. Sherry will be outside. Is that okay, Craig? Oh. Can you get up and shout that? Great, thanks, Craig. So Chris, uh, Sherry will be out in the patio along with lots of yummy food and lots of wonderful information. So I invite you to, to do that after worship is done. I wanna close by offering you a, a couple of uh, quotes from Christine Balter's Paintner. Um, and that is, and she says, Christian tradition tells us that we have received two books of divine revelation, the book of scripture and the book of nature. Creation itself is a sacred text. It's a sacred text through which the presence of God is revealed. And that's from her book, Wind, Earth, Fire, The Practice of Praying with the Elements. And then she also offers us that just as God can speak through the words of scripture so we can hear the voice of the divine in the elements, the creatures, and the land, 
Therefore, the landscape can become a place of theophany. I love that word, theophany, of divine manifestation. The shoreline is a living threshold. The mountains lift us toward the heavens, and that's from her book, The Soul's Slow Ripening, Celtic Practices for Seeking the Sacred. So I have that information, and I'll be out on the patio. So may we all be lifted by the theophany of nature, and may we all be inspired to do more, to honor, protect, and preserve this beautiful earth that we have been gifted. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sherry. Thank you so much, Abby.